But dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this tabernacle, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we can come, Lord, and worship you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your Son. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we pray, Lord, that you'll have your way in this meeting now, Lord, that you will take over, Lord. That you will be glorified, Lord. That you will be exalted, Lord. And you will be seen, Lord. The Son of the living God who taketh away the sin of the world. Lord, we worship you, Lord. We give you all praise and glory and honor, Lord, in this tabernacle, Lord. Your tabernacle among your people. We pray these things in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. The Holy Ghost, the two-edged sword, and revival. But if you want to turn to Acts chapter 1, I'm going to bring you through a few chapters, and I'm going to eventually end up at chapter 19. In Acts chapter 1, in verse 4 and 5, and it says this, Jesus is with the disciples. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Verse 8, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and under the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which is also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner, as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem, for the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode both Peter and James, John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, Zalatus, and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord. And that one accord means that they were all in unity. These all con continued with one accord in prayer and supplications, in unity with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Chapter 2, starting to read at verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord, unity again for the second time. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts chapter 9. So the Holy Ghost, Christ has ascended, and the Holy Ghost has been poured out in the upper room. Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 6. 
This is Saul. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? He asked the question, and he answered it straight away himself. When the Lord speaks to you, you'll be in no doubt that it's him who's speaking. And he fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished and said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Another question. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and I shall be told thee what thou must do. Verse 17 of the same chapter, verse 9, chapter 9. And ass went his way, and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose, and he was baptized, and he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 13, and verse 9. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, Sat his eyes on him. The lovely Lord Jesus Christ has ascended to the right hand of the Father, having defeated principalities and powers, and it is finished. Then in the upper room, the Holy Ghost falls. There is unity in the upper room, and the Holy Ghost falls, the promise in the upper room. Saul on the way to Damascus. To persecute the church has a Christ encounter and he meets the master. And Paul, Saul now is Paul. And Saul in the Hebrew would be Shaul. And Shaul would mean to ask or a question. And Saul did ask two questions when he met the master. Now he's changed his name. His name is changed. He's called Paul. Or in the Latin, it would be Paulus. Paulus. And that simply means that he is little. And we know that Paul was a, literally a small man. But it also means he is humble. And Paul is now humbled in the sight of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. But he's a giant. He might be a small man, but he's a giant in the kingdom of God. He's now filled with the Holy Ghost. In chapter 18 of Acts, in the chapter 18 of Acts, Paul is in Corinth and he's visiting the churches. He's strengthening the brethren and he promises, he visits Ephesus and he promises to return. In chapter 18, he returns to Ephesus. It's about AD 53 to 55. What was going on in Ephesus at that time? The city of Ephesus was one of the largest, most important cities in the ancient Mediterranean world, lying on the western coast of Asia Minor, 
or modern-day Turkey. It was one of the oldest Greek settlements on the Asian Sea, and later the provincial seat of Roman government in Asia. While Paul is in Ephesus for about two and a half years, he taught the gospel truth, he baptized with water and the Holy Ghost, healed the sick, dealt with Jewish exorcists, narrowly escaped mob violence at the hands of the worshippers of the goddess Diana. All of these experiences bear witness to the power of the Holy Ghost that was working through Paul. Ephesus, one of the wonders of the world in it, the temple to the Greek goddess Diana, idol worship, witchcraft, was rife in the city. And Paul enters Ephesus full of the Holy Ghost power. He returns to Ephesus. And in Acts chapter 18, verses 1 to 7, I'm just going to do a brief overview of verses, verses 1 to 7. Paul is now entering in Ephesus, transformed, filled with the Holy Ghost. And it says in Acts chapter 19 and verse 1, And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. So that was repentance and water baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should receive on, which, on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Then they heard this. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. But if you go back to verse 2 of chapter 19, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. Now, Apollos is referred to in verse 1. And Apollos, if you go to chapter 18, and verse 24 and verse 25. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man, and many in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in the spirit, and he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. Apollos is in Ephesus. And these men know nothing of the baptism of the Holy, the Holy Ghost. Apollos is an eloquent man. He's a lovely man. He's a friendly man. He knows the scriptures inside out. It says he debated in the synagogues. He knows the Lord but he's not operating in the power of the Holy Ghost. He's not operating in it. 
But Paul is. And Paul enters Ephesus. And Paul starts to baptize in the Holy Ghost. In verse 8 of chapter 19. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly. Paul enters the synagogue and he speaks boldly. He didn't go in for a picnic. He didn't go in to make friends. He went with the word of the Lord. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And he enters the synagogue. Paul might be small in stature. But he is a mighty man of God. And he's filled with the Holy Ghost. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. Paul is in the synagogues for three months, filled with the Holy Ghost, disputing the things of the kingdom of God. He's there among the religious leaders for three months. But in verse 9 of the chapter, But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them. He departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. Paul was in the synagogue for three months. And some of the disciples are there as well, his followers, the converts. And for three months, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you can imagine the preaching, and you can imagine the word that he's bringing to that synagogue. You can imagine the power and the authority that he's speaking in, because the Lord is working through him, through the power of the Holy Ghost. But it says in verse 9, But when divers were hardened, they started to harden their hearts and they wouldn't accept what Paul was saying. In verse 9, But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them. Paul leaves the synagogue and he takes his followers with him. But he didn't quit. He didn't quit. He doesn't go, I've been there for three months. I'm operating in the power of the Holy Ghost. They're not accepting, accepting it. They're not accepting what I'm saying. He leaves the synagogue, but he doesn't quit. What's he do next? In verse 9, he departed from them and separated disciples disputing daily in a school of one Tyrannus. He had a school. He had a building. And he kept going. And he kept going. And he kept going in the power of the Holy Ghost. And he kept giving the word. The synagogue rejected it. He was there for three months. Okay. Your hearts are hardened. Move on to the next. It's up to them what to do with the word. They received the word in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's up to them to do with it what they want. He's given it to them. He leaves the synagogue. And he goes and he sets up somewhere else. And he hires a school. Paul keeps going. Paul keeps fighting. Paul keeps giving the word and the power of the Holy Ghost. In verse 10 of chapter 19. And this continued by the space of two years. 
so that all they which dwelt in Asia, not just Ephesus, all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. The word spread throughout all Asia. The word spread throughout all Asia. How did that happen? The power of the Holy Ghost. This man is filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. This man baptizes in the Holy Ghost. And Asia knows about it. Asia knows that Paul is at Ephesus. Because the risen Christ is working through him. And the two-edged sword is going out. The Holy Ghost power. He's operating in the Holy Ghost. He's bringing the word. And he's like a drill. And he's pounding and he's pounding and he's pounding. And he's converting. And he's laying hands. And Asia knows. The whole of Asia knows that Paul is there. Little Paul. Humble Paul is in Asia. Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Verse 11. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Now you said to me, are all miracles not special? Yes, they are. They are. But these are different. Verse 12. So that from his body were brought unto the sick. From his body was brought unto the sick. Handkerchiefs or aprons. And the diseases departed from them. And the evil spirits went out of them. Now can you see the power that is working through Paul? This isn't Paul. This is the power of the risen Christ. This is the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And people would go to Paul. And Paul would lay a handkerchief in their hand. Like this. And they would walk into the house where the person lay sick. And they would lay the handkerchief upon the person. Like that. And they would be healed. Yeah. They would be healed. They would walk into the house where the man or the woman is filled with evil spirits. And they would hold that person steady. And they would set the handkerchief upon that person. And the spirits would leave that body in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Ghost. This is what was happening in Ephesus. This was what was going on. Ephesus knew and Asia knew that Paul was there. So that from his body were brought under the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. In verse 13, then certain of the vagabond Jews exorcists. So here we have the exorcists. The vagabonds. They're watching. They're watching Paul. Took upon them to call over. They which had evil spirits. 
the name of the Lord Jesus saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. These vagabond Jews are watching Paul and they take the name of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ and their filthy mouths and they say, we will do this too. We will do this too. Vagabonds, Jewish exorcists, men who would travel around Ephesus taking money, taking money off the poor and telling them, we could heal you. Adjure or to, to order or bind or invoking a name of a spiritual power. They had tried to take the name of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ in their filthy mouths. And they said, we adjure you. We adjure you. We order you by the name of Jesus Christ, who Paul preacheth. And they spoke over these people for gain, for monetary gain. But you see, Paul's filled with the Holy Ghost. And Paul knows Jesus, and Jesus knows Paul. But these vagabond Jews know nothing, nothing of him. In fact, they rejected him in the synagogue. You can be sure they were in the synagogue for those three months. And they would have heard Paul and the word. They attempted to produce a miracle by invoking the name of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ, but did not know Jesus. The name of the Lord Jesus, by faith, or commission from Christ, but only imitating. They didn't know him. They had no faith in him. They were imitators. They were fakes. They were phonies. And they were profiteering. And they took the name of Jesus. They were watching Paul. And they said, we'll do this too. But Paul is filled and operating under the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. In verse 14 of the chapter. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, a chief of the priests, which did so. So seven sons. Now this Sceva was maybe the high priest. He would have been high up in the Sanhedrin. And his sons, this is who was doing it. In the verse 14. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. And verse 15, the evil spirit, so they're there in front of this, this man, this, this man's filled with evil spirits. And Paul's there. And Sceva and his sons are there. And this man's filled with evil spirits. Listen to this. Listen to this. In verse 15, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. But Jesus is not there. Jesus has ascended. Why did the evil spirit say, Jesus I know? Because Paul's working in the authority of the ascended Christ. And Paul's filled with the Holy Ghost. 
and the Spirit has to answer to Jesus. And in verse 15, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know. See, the Spirit knows Paul too. Does the enemy know your name? Does the enemy know who you are? Because if they don't, it's about time that they did. It's about time the enemy knew who you are. Operating in the power and the authority of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ and filled, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? Jesus is magnified. And the Spirit, even the Spirit speaks of Jesus. You said to me this morning, or you're watching online, you know, I don't believe all this scripture stuff, and I don't believe in God. And I don't believe there even is a God. And I think it's all just a load of rubbish. Well, you're on your own. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You're a fool and you're on your own. Well, how do you make that out? Why are you saying that? I've just, I've just said it in verse 15. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Even the evil spirits know who Jesus is. I don't believe in God. It's a load of rubbish. That's okay. You do that. But you're on your own. You're in the minority. There's not many with you. Even the evil spirits know who Jesus is. Who are ye? They're not known among the enemy. They're fake and they're phony. They're imitating the life of a believer. And they're fakes. Are you imitating the life of a believer? Are you a fake and a phony? Do you go to church and clock the cure? And I've been there, I've been this morning and I'll see you next Sunday morning. I might see you next Sunday morning, I might not, I don't know. Because if you are like that, I'm sorry, but I will be asking questions. You're either badly backslidden or you're not saved at all. Are you a fake? And are you a phony? Only you can answer that question. Jesus I know. And Paul I know. But who are ye? I know Jesus has conquered principalities and powers. And that Paul has the authority in his name to cast out devils. But what power have you to command us in his name to cast out devils? What power have you to command us in his name? Or who gave you any such power? What have you to do to declare the power of Jesus? Or to take his covenant and commands in your mouth? Seeing you hate his instruction. Seeing you hate his instruction. Psalm 50.
Psalm 50. Verse 16, starting to read. But unto the wicked God saith, What hast thou to do to declare my statutes? Unto the wicked God says, What hast thou to do to declare my statutes? You see evil governments. You see evil rulers. God says, What hast thou to do to declare my statutes? Or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth. God says, Why do you declare my statutes? Why do you take my covenant in your mouth? Because you're a fake and you're a phony and you're of the Father, the devil. That's what he says. Seeing thou hatest instruction and castest my words behind thee. When thou sawest a thief, then thou consentest with him and hast been partaker and adulterers. They take the poor and they make them poorer. They take the poor and they make them poorer. When thou sawest a thief, then thou consentest with him and hast been partaker with adulterers. Thou gavest thy mouth to evil and thy tongue frameth deceit. Governments of the world, the Lord sees what you're doing. It might be in the dark place, but to him it's out of the open. Thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue, thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against my brother, thou slanderest thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silent. These things hast thou done. The Lord knows all about it. And I kept silent. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such a one as thyself. Kept silent. That's grace and mercy. It's grace and mercy. These things hast thou done. The Lord sees it. And I kept silent. That's grace and mercy. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether as such a one as thyself. He's not like you. He's thrice holy. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's not like you. He sees what you're doing. It's open, it's open to Christ. He sees it all. He sees it. And you take a silence. Oh, he, he, God must, he mustn't mind all this, what's going on. He sees it. It's mercy and grace. That's what it is. It's mercy and it's grace. These things hast thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such a one as thyself, but I will reprove thee, 
and set them in order before they rise. Now consider this. Ye that forget God. Consider this, ye that forget God. United Kingdom, British Isles, governments of the world, consider this. Lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Don't take the silence, and don't take the grace and the mercy for granted. Because Christ will deal with it sooner or later. And there will be none, not one, who will deliver you. You will be torn in pieces. You will be torn in pieces. Don't take my covenant in your mouth when it's not in your minds and your souls. And you hate my instruction. You reject my correction, my training, and my discipline. They're of the synagogue of Satan. That's who they are. And they come together. They all get together. Did you ever wonder how such a great mob can get together and be of one accord? I'll tell you how. They hate God. They hate the word. And they hate his people. Full stop. And they're all in agreement. Because they're all in agreement. See, it's all in agreement. It's good. And they'll come in and they'll say, you know, God's keeping silent here. This must be all right. And they'll come in and they'll say, let's worship together. Let's all get together to cubanize. Let's all get together with Islam, for instance. And the Roman Catholic Church. Church all one. God is love. He loves us all. Eh? And let's all get together and we'll come in. And we don't need to repent. See the makeup of God in their heads. And we don't need to repent. No, it's okay. And they take the Lord's table and put that filthy flag on it. And they paint the steps. The abomination. As scripture says, they'll be torn apart. I have a question for those people. If there's no need for repentance, then why the cross? If there's no need for repentance, then why the shedding of the blood of the lovely Lord Jesus Christ? If love is love and you don't need to repent, why did the Father send the Son? Tell me. That is my question. Why did the Father send the Son? Why was the Son butchered on a Roman cross? Why did the blood flow from his riven side? Why did he ascend? He was risen from the tomb and he ascended to the right hand of the Father. Why? Tell me why. If the cross is not, if the cross is for nothing, what was it for? Tell me. Where do you go when you backslide? Tell me. Where do you go? There's nowhere to go. 
Will you backslide from the loving Lord Jesus Christ? Where do you go? Into the world? The world's a mess. Man takes all the ordinances of God that he set in place and he picks it apart. And then everybody sits back and they wonder, oh, I wonder why we're all in debt. Oh, I wonder why there's so much crime. Oh, I wonder why there's so much murder and drug addiction and, and rape and all the sin of the world going. I wonder why there's so much going on. And I wonder why there's so much confusion. And I wonder why where everything's falling apart. It's very simple. This book has been taken out of the country and out of government and out of the United Kingdom as a whole. That's why the United Kingdom's in a mess. Turn back to God and repent. Seek his face. Get back to his ordinances. And the United Kingdom will thrive again. And God will be with us. That's why everything's falling apart. Because this book has been rejected. A man picks away at it every day. And God sits back and he just laughs. And he says, I'll tear you apart. For your blasphemous acts against me. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. God will judge. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and God will judge. Don't be fooled. Wait on him. In verse 16. And the man in whom the evil spirit was lapped on them and overcame them. So these vagabonds, the, the, these sons of Sceva, and the man in whom the evil spirit was lapped on them, he lapped on them. He didn't leap Paul. He didn't leap Paul. And overcame them, they overcame. And prevailed against them. He overcame them and prevailed against them. So that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Naked and wounded and defeated. These sons of Sceva were sent out of that house bruised and battered. They were put to shame who used Christ's name in the wrong way. They were overcome. They were beaten. They were naked. They were defeated. And their works were set at naught. But Paul wasn't harmed. These false teachers were found out. They were found out. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9, 10 and 11. Wherefore God has also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on the earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His name is above every name. That's why Paul was protected. But the sons of Sceva were beaten. And they were sent packing. Even the evil spirit. Jesus I know. Jesus I know. In verse 17. 
And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. This is now the talk of the city. The talk of Ephesus. News has spread that these evil spirits are overcame. They overcame the sons of Sceva. But Paul is unharmed. They saw the power of the Holy Ghost. And that Paul had the power in him. The sons of Sceva were exposed as fakes. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ is magnified. The enemy is humiliated. The humiliation of the sons of Sceva shows that Christ is not a power to be manipulated. But the Lord is to be obeyed. The Lord is to be obeyed. And now word is spread throughout all Ephesus about Paul, the sons of Sceva. These, these evil spirits and the power of the Holy Ghost. In verse 18, And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. And many that believed. You see, there was converts in Ephesus before Paul got there. But the verse says this, And many that believed, many that believe in the lovely Lord Jesus Christ. These are converts we're talking about. Came. And what did they do? They confessed and showed their deeds. Many believers came and confessed and showed their deeds. They were caught up on the sin of Ephesus. They were caught up in the sin of Ephesus. Many that witnessed this were converted. There was many converts. There was many converts. This was the talk of the city. This was the talk of Asia. The Holy Ghost was moving in power and authority through Paul. But many believers who were caught up in these sinful acts against their God came and confessed and repented and revival came out. Revival came to the church and also to Ephesus and all Asia. Revival came to the church. Many believers came and confessed. Brothers and sisters, it's time to clear the decks. And I've had to do it. I've had to do it. You say, Glenn, what do you mean? Anything that comes before God is an idol. Anything. Well, how will you know? He'll show you. He'll show you. If you want the Holy Ghost fire to fall upon your life, if you want the Holy Ghost fire to fall upon this church, and you're serious, rid yourself of yourself, clear the decks, 
confess whatever it is, and then pray for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you are an empty vessel ready to be used, but you have to empty yourself of yourself. You have to empty yourself of yourself. How do you know? I've done it. I've done it. And it's hard. But if you're serious about revival in the United Kingdom, at Ulster, the revival will start in the church. It'll start here. And I've had to do it. It'll start here. And then it'll spread. The Holy Ghost will fall. And it will spread. But you have to get real. It's time to get real. People are dying of their sins. The United Kingdom. They fear for the United Kingdom. They really do. It's time to get real. If you if you are if you want Holy Ghost power and authority in your life, empty yourself of yourself. Clear the decks. Confess. Confess your sins to Christ, not to a priest. He needs saved himself. Confess your sins to Christ, our great high priest, and let the Holy Ghost fire fall upon your life. And it'll spread. It'll spread. Revival came to Ephesus. Revival comes to Ephesus. Verse 18. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. 50,000 pieces of silver. Curious arts. Ephesus was full of witchcraft, magic, sorcery, judicial astrology, casting nativities, telling fortunes, raising and laying spirits, interpreting dreams and false prophets. Ephesus was full of witchcraft. But a man walked in full of the Holy Ghost. A man walked in full of the Holy Ghost. And he made converts. And Ephesus was transformed. A revival broke out. And not just in Ephesus, the whole of Asia. How did the revival break out? A man stepped into a city full of the Holy Ghost. He spoke the two-edged sword. He was sent of God. And revival came. He didn't quit. Two years. Two and a half years. Bang, bang. The word, the word, the word, the spirit, the word. The Holy Ghost. Kept going, kept going, kept going. Boom. Easier knew that Paul was there and we have to keep going but we have to operate in the power of the Holy Ghost we have to go by the power of the ascended Christ 
Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. Public. There was no hiding away. You see, see that it says there, it says 50,000 pieces of silver. That was about four and a half to five million pounds. This was big money. Ephesus was teeming with witchcraft. Teeming with it. And there was a lot of people profiteering from it. Fakes and phonies. Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. It's time to burn it up. It's not time to put it under the cupboard or put it in the cupboard because you'll go back. You'll go back there. Burn it up. Get real. Anything that's in your life that's hampering you from a relationship, a proper Holy Ghost relationship with the lovely Lord Jesus Christ, burn it up. You say to me, I want the fire to fall. Okay, burn it up. Rid yourself of yourself. Be an empty vessel, a living sacrifice before Christ. Burn it up. Then the fire falls. That's when the fire falls. It won't fire unless you do it. It won't fall. I want the Holy Ghost fire glad. Okay, burn it up. Lay yourself out. Acceptable, acceptable in his sight. A living sacrifice. Set yourself on the altar. And then the fire will fall upon you. And he'll use you to his glory. Not yours. His. His glory. Rid yourself of yourself. Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they accounted the price of them and found 50,000 pieces of silver but four and a half million. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. That's what it's all about there. Acts 19, 20. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. We will prevail because he is working through us. And he is victorious. And he will be glorious. Corruption repented of. Change broken. Sin abandoned, God glorified, the enemy defeated. How? How did it happen? The Holy Ghost and the Word. The Holy Ghost and the Word. And what comes after that? Revival. The Holy Ghost, the Word, and revival. 
Just a quick overview. I find this amusing. Verse 24. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines to Diana, brought no small gain unto craftsmen, who be called together with the workmen of like occupation, and said, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. There it is. By this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, you see and hear that not alone in Ephesus. So there it is. Not alone in Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia. Praise God. This Paul. Nah, they don't like him now, do they? This Paul. See this Paul. We're going to lose money. We're going to lose big bucks. This Paul. He's turning the people away. Listen. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone in Ephesus, but almost through all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that there be no gods, small g, which are made with hands. So that not only this, our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also the temple of the Greek, the great goddess Diana, should be despised. He's not happy because he's not going to earn any more money. What's happening? Nobody's going to the temple anymore to worship Diana, the goddess. They're all worshiping Christ. They're all worshiping Christ. And there's no more money coming in. And they're not happy. Fakes and phonies. Making idols. And telling the people you need to buy this. It's a fake religion. Christ paid it all. Christ paid it all on the Roman cross. Anybody who adds to the book. Anybody who comes to you and adds to this book. Send them away with their tail between their legs. They're of the sons of Sceva, their fakes and their phonies. Don't listen to them. That's what you go by. That's your plumb line, full stop. If it's not in this book, it's not worth listening to. Holy Ghost is what we need. We need the Holy Ghost to fall. That's up to you how that happens. If you're serious, that's up to you how that happens. And then the Lord could use you for his glory. And revival will come. Revival will come to the church. And then it will spread through Ulster, Ireland, England, Scotland and Wales. That's, what, that's how it happens. And he will be magnified. And he will be glorified. Amen. Thank you.